Welcome, everyone, to LL Supermark Takes. I'm Barry Flissy, your host, as always, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. This is our 199th take. An unconventional start, but we have a very, very fantastic guest lined up for you. Thank you so much for your time this evening. We're going to be welcoming in here in just a few minutes. But before we do, let's thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer. Yes, Drew Estate has announced that it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes. Yes, one full Bitcoin will be awarded 11 days from now on February 17th on the Freestyle Live edition on their Facebook page. Um, that's facebook.com slash Drew Estate Cigar. There's been a few times to enter up. You, you've all missed your chance if you haven't gotten into it, but there's still plenty of swag to win. So you definitely want to tune in on February 17th to see who will win a full Bitcoin from Drew Estate, as well as incredible prizes and incredible opportunities. We've had some fantastic releases over the last couple of weeks and months from Drew Estate. So there's going to be some more stuff coming up, obviously, and always from the great folks at Drew Estate. And welcome to our 199 take. We are being serenaded tonight. And uh, without further ado, it is my pleasure. It is my privilege. It is my honor to welcome in tonight's guest as always making his third appearance on fellow Scumar takes yes sir sponsored by united cigars and smoke one today start living united yes mr terrence riley of agonorsley terrence how are we doing Alexa, tonight stop how you doing brother i'm doing fantastic i am doing absolutely fantastic uh what a what a what a warm-up to a show what a way to go what a way to begin. It is it is Sunday. So I mean it, you know, it makes sense to to have some, you know, heavenly, heavenly chants yeah. going on in the background. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That's Isn't gorgeous. That beautiful? That's gorgeous. Absolutely. Can you, can you see all that? Yeah. It's I mean, that is fantastic lightning for being outside in the middle of the night. I'm not gonna lie. Thank you. I appreciate the bland the bland the blends is a nice touch too, you know. It is. Yeah. Uh, we we threw that in there for you know extra. So um <laughs> I'm really thought um there's even got people in the chat saying they thought they were at church. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> really, 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 uh, really excited to have you on tonight, Terrence. And welcome back. It's been a long time uh, that since I've had you on the show. I really appreciate Yeah, no, it. it's my pleasure. Always a pleasure to be on. Uh, it's uh, sure to be shaping up to be the, the greatest night of our lives. So that's that's the greatest always, night always of our entire lives. We're going to get share it together. Isn't that nice? I, I, I am pumped. I am jazzed. So, you know, speaking of that opening with the, the, the music and the uh, the candles and everything like that. So this was actually, you know, so there's a, there's a fan page group that you started called the Agonorsa Acolytes, uh, which I'm a member of. And, uh, you know, always great Agonorsa stuff going on inside the group. Great chat, great community that you've kind of built up from scratch and everything. Um, I, I'm a fan of alliteration as I've learned you are as well. Is that, was that the primary reason why you chose the name Acolytes? Cause it is, it is a little unique. Yeah, uh, so. I would, you know, the, the alliteration was a nice bonus. Uh, I would say, you know, acolytes are people that are, you know, uh, very dedicated to something. And, uh, you know, I thought that that was, you know, if you're creating a group that 
generate passion and support for something. Uh, that acolyte was a good, a good word and, you know, creates alliteration with Agonarsa. So it was a two, it was a two for two, two for two. So, um, a lot of this, a lot of I've seen a lot of this stuff on social media lately. In fact, someone just popped it up in the chat as well. Uh, valid Agonors of validation. What's this all about? What's this movement? What's what's going on here, Terrence? What am I missing? Well, to the to the average person, smoking a cigar and validating it looks very similar. If you're you know to the unskilled, to the uncouth, but to the careful, discerning eye, it's a completely different thing. So there's actually two types of validation. Uh, Paul Palmer, our, our president in the office, when a shipment comes in, he always says, hey, let's go validate it. And so we will randomly select uh, cigars and we'll take a box. We'll look at the box code. We'll, we'll look at the wrapper. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the, uh, we'll cut it. We'll do a dry, you know, the, the dry pull on it. Um, and we light it up and we see the burn and the draw. And, and you know, is it consistent? Is it, is it delicious? And all these things. And so that's actually a real thing we do to to make sure that we're making consistent cigars i generally use it to just smoke something i want to smoke and justify it as work and uh and so that's the, that's the type of validation that generally speaking we're doing a lot of um and, and so it's kind of just something that we've caught on we're creating some patches uh that we're going to release uh you know for validation and, and and like i said it's uh the biggest thing in all this industry is just having fun and we try to make it fun that's awesome. No, I, I, I saw that this was kind of a new thing going around and I was like, man, I, I, I apparently missed the first poster. I missed something a little bit, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, val you know, you gotta, you gotta validate products, you know, I mean, there's a quality check, you know, quality assurance, you, you gotta make sure that everything's good. So, I mean, if um, I mean, it sounds like a good as excuse as any to, to smoke a cigar. So, um, so speaking yeah. of cigars, um, so we have a new tr uh, tradition here on Ellos from our takes, Terrence. It's like I said, it's been a while since you've been with us and I'm, I'm really thrilled to have you back. But, um, so I have, um, I usually have three cigars here and I allow my guest to, uh, select sure. the cigar that I'm going to smoke tonight. So bring it on, um, bring it on. So we've got uh, a selection of some of Agonorsa made, uh, cigars here, including this one's a little, uh, a little out of left field, but uh, a fantastic selection from our good friend there at Corona Cigar there in Florida, Jeff Borsowitz, the Army of Angels, oh, wow. uh, made made with FSG tobacco. Excellent. Uh, well, know, including FSG. Including uh, FSG. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and of course, some of the finest selection from Aganorsa as well. And then um, the Guardian of the Farm Rambo. Well, it uh, was is not wow. the most infamous Vitola of this. This is one of my, my favorites. This, is my, my this favorite is my Vitola. favorite. Yes, this is my favorite Vitola of the size as well. I remember I remember we shared that. And then um, the not the Maduro, which we'll be talking a little bit about here in a little bit, but the Agonor Salif uh, signature selection, the original um, one as well. So, wow, what a what a choice that you have there. Well, I, I'm going to say go with the with the Army of Angels. It's a it's nighttime. I'm sure you have it a couple of cigars at some point today. That Army of Angels is rich, delicious. Uh, Angel over there at Corona's, uh, that's his blend. And, and uh, they did an amazing job with it. So let's go with the Army of Angels. I love this cigar. I love what, uh, what you guys did with it as well. I mean, uh, the blend's uh, spectacular. The FSG adds a little, adds a little something to it. But uh, I love what Aganorsa did with, this, uh, with the tobacco and with this blend. It's fantastic. So... Um, we need to we need to talk Jeff into making somehow make it uh, make it national. For you yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. So. It's a great cigar. 
Um, well, Terrence, again, I really do. Uh, I'm really excited to to talk to you about a few things and catch up on on some stuff here tonight. Um, the uh, probably a couple of, you know, first and foremost, I mean, a couple of things that we need to chat about real quick is uh, also that's been coming up a little bit on social media too. Is um, you're I think I think if I if if I got the order right of things that you love in life, there's um, um, your family, uh, Aganorsa, um, well-written books, and then Clutch Burger. I think that's the order. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's about right. It's a photo finish that's for several of those, but yeah, it's a, yeah. That's a, I would say that's fair. <laughs> so it's, I, I've heard Clutch Burger from the 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 Bradley uh, the Bradley boys have told me about it. You've I mean you've mentioned it, and I've obviously seen your numerous posts and everything. It seems like that's you and your sons like go to like when you come back in town, or actually it just seems like your go to anytime you want of something to eat. But I mean, when did you discover it and what's so? I mean, why? I I mean I'm going to go there. I have to go now because, I mean you've made it so. So what? When you when you when you're coming to Miami? Are you coming soon? I'm coming for the Great Smoke. Oh, no kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah so great. Yeah, you definitely got to come down. So uh, when, when COVID first kicked off, I would go around the neighbor, you know, basically where I live and I'd walk around with my son. He'd, get, he'd be on his bike and I'd be walking around and we, you know, there's nothing else to do. So we just go kind of wander around because everything was closed. And uh, like literally every place was closed and uh, except Clutchburger, which the owner, Steve Bradley, and uh, some of his staff would be outside and they'd be like, hey, let's go have a road soda, you know, and they'd you know, be selling beers and everything. So I was like, you know what, I really appreciate the hustle. And I'd, I'd have a beer and they'd give my son a lemonade or something like that. And so every day I kept coming by and buying a beer or two and, you know, get buy my son a lemonade and we just keep walking around. And, and then, you know, you could he, he started doing a little bit more where you could have something to eat and everything else. And so just developed from there. And uh, it's, you know, like anything it's a service industry cigars are a service industry and and uh you know i go there and they treat my son like gold and they treat me really well and and uh, i kind of have the run of the place and uh they're they're just great people you know again you, you always respect people that have heart and uh and i think in cigar, the cigar industry that if you look at the people that have been successful more than anything else you know you gotta be smart you gotta have a lot of other qualities but i think the number one thing is you have to have a lot of heart and uh and and he definitely has a lot of heart and, and I respect that. And I, and, uh, I enjoy, you know, going there and, 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 and having a burger and just having a great time. It's a great place. I can't wait to go and check it out for yourself. Um, I'm stoked. I'm totally stoked. What a great, I mean, what a cool story too. I mean, I just thought they were just good burgers, but I mean, it's, it's cool that you have that, that kind of that history with it as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, some of your own, uh, some of your own virtues, uh, in that, uh, in that little uh, tidbit there too, Terrence, uh, hard work and good heart. Sounds familiar when I think about you. So, oh, thank uh, so let's dive into tonight's major point, which is always brought to you by uh, the people. Yeah, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun, behind the good times is the motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Bass Reeves, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol, Cigars. So Terrence, you know, I, I was talking to you a little bit about this before we kicked off live tonight and everything. And this is kind of my my take on the whole, uh, you know, on your time there at Aganorsa Leaf, which has been um, I, I don't think any, I would love to get into a debate with somebody if they really wanted me to, but I don't think anyone would. It's been phenomenally successful what you've done so far and, and, um, 
built on an already storied brand and a storied company and, and, uh, and really done some really great things there. But um, so it started with this, this complete rebranding. I mean, you know, I mean, talking about taking things down to the studs and kind of building stuff back up and, and um, we, we talked endlessly, you know, on a few shows and a few opportunities where that was done at kind of almost a record pace and done extremely well uh, by all accounts and everything. Um, and so now we enter, I call this era of Aganorse Leaf uh, embracing the Leaf identity, um, if you will, um, if, you'll, uh, if you'll permit me a little bit. So, so it starts, I think, with, uh, with the actual tobacco itself. You know, you guys, you know, obviously produce fantastic tobacco uh, in this cigar in particular that I'm smoking tonight, but other ones, the one that you're smoking as well. Um, and, but one of the things that you're always, you're always, you guys are always trying to make things happen. And one of the, one of the kind of new iterations that you guys, the new spins that you guys put on some of your tobacco was the shade grown Corojo Maduro, which, um, I mean, feel free to correct me, Terrence. That was pretty unique. I mean, I don't think that's been done before. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, it was, a, it was a new thing, and it's a lot of words, but every word's important. Shade-grown, Corojo, Maduro. And, uh, you know, again, shade-grown tobacco is usually associated with, uh, you think, Connecticut or, you know, uh, shade tobacco, light wrapper. Um, and then um, it's a Corojo leaf, leaf, and then it's fermented in a way that produces that Maduro hue. So each word's important, and it creates a unique profile. And uh, what we do is usually when you have, uh, tapado or shade grown tobacco, um, it, you know, it, 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 it kind of limits the, the sun exposure, obviously. Um, but what we do is we take higher primings, which are, are a little bit thicker leaves, and we ferment them for longer um, in, 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 with a deeper fermentation, and it produces that Maduro hue. So you have a, a dark wrapper grown under shade that's Corojo, and, and, and there's not, you know, most Maduro is San Andres or or uh or broadleaf generally speaking and so it's a it's a, it's a unique wrapper yeah i mean up until this point i mean i would say that uh with the 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 lone exception of rainier's uh broadleaf that he produced out of y'all's factory the yeah. the the san andreas has been has been kind of the go-to for the Mendoro. now this obviously took i'm sure a, countless hours and you know dry runs and different, you know, obviously a lot of experimentation to get this particular leaf right. Um, and, and then you guys launch it into two cigars. The, uh, I, you know, I had the, uh, the original release of the Agonorce leaf signature selection, but you guys did a Maduro as well, where that was, that wrapper was placed on it. And then also the, uh, I guess the second in the, uh, fan, what do you, would you call it? The guardian of the farm family, Terrence, was that how you characterized yeah. the night watch? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so you, you guys put that on, on two cigars. Um, and, and so what's been the, you know, what's been the reception for it? I mean, I think, you know, obviously those cigars are extremely popular. Um, but what's been like the reception for it? Have people been able to like, people try to pigeonhole it into, uh, oh, it tastes like this or tastes like that? Or, or are they kind of embracing the uniqueness of what it is? Yeah. Again, I think the average consumer, likes it or they don't you know they're like if you there's so many times at an event you somebody says well you know i'm not an expert i just you know i know i like this or like that and so and that's really all that matters quite frankly 
So I think the taste profile uh, is something people like, which is which is the key. Um, definitely initially you have kind of the the more you know the connoisseurs. They're kind of you know oh they want to try a new wrapper and they want to try something different, um, which is very important and good. And you you want that kind of positive feedback from those from that group. Um, but you need to kind of make your way down to more of the the common consumer that that is not knowledgeable any of that or reads about it or, or even quite frankly cares they just know they like it and so that's that's bi the biggest thing for us is that people seem to like it and they keep buying it uh so that's 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 how we judge success i mean terence you're i mean i would say you're an expert in agonorsa products i mean would you say um i mean i'll, I'll you'll, you can certainly flip the question on me and ask me my take on it but would you say that it's it kind of aligns it, it's not too far off of the that quote unquote agonist support profile, or do you think it really did take off to, you know, take a, you know, a, a new direction for, uh, for the tobacco? Well, well I, I don't think it takes, I don't think it tastes like San Andres or Broadleaf. So it certainly has its own unique characteristic. I, what we always try to do is that whatever we're, whatever blend we're making, we want it to be an expression of Agonorsa. So, so for instance, if we, like our Connecticut, our Connecticut is, is not a Connecticut you've had before or, or a Maduro or Habana or whatever it is. You want it to be like, Oh, it's recognizably Agonorsa, but also within the style of whatever we're doing. And so with the shade grown Corojo Maduro, I think that, that, that adds a new dimension to what we do or in a different dimension, but it also uh, is still recognizably a product of ours, you know, because the tobacco is all, an, all is all proprietary tobacco. And, and, and we want to make sure that, you know, when you have an Agonorsa product, you know that you, what you're getting into. I always use the, the example of if you go to a, a whiskey bar, there's all sorts of different types of whiskey, Canadian whiskey and Japanese whiskey, and there's peated scotch, and non-peated scotch, but you're not getting vodka or gin or, or tequila. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Um, but but you, when you're, when you're there, you know what you're getting. And so that's kind of what we do is that you, you know, the realm you're in, um, but you're going to get a unique expression within that realm. So, um, you know, from the last time we spoke, it, I mean, it really has been that long, if you can believe it, but uh, um, we, you know, we lost a legend in this business and you, you work with a couple of legends there at Agonorsa Leaf, but uh, we lost our Arsenio Ramos, uh, a, a really huge pillar for your company a few years ago. Now, was he involved at all, or was, or did he pass before this kind of came to fruition, or was he involved with this project? So he was involved with it because it took forever. To, growing Maduro in Nicaragua is, is very difficult. Uh, it, it, it's it's not it's not an easy proposition, and so it took them forever to develop this. So he was involved in its development. He, he unfortunately passed before we rele released it, but, but he was involved in, in the creation of it. That had to be, <laughs> man, I mean, to be a fly in the wall of those conversations, you know, and it's unfortunate when, when, when people of, of his stature passed on because you, there's so many questions left unasked and everything. That would be such an amazing thing to, to kind of pick his brain on you know, where he started, you know, with, you know, and fermentation was his thing, you know? Yeah. That, and, yeah that was his, his area of expertise. And so to, to see where, like, to have that conversation of like, how, when, 
where things started with him and early on in his career and, you know, what he spent a lifetime doing and it, and you guys coming out with this, uh, this fantastic, completely new proprietary process that was unlike anything else before. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it was exciting for him. So it just as exciting for you as well. All right. So what's the yield like is, I mean, and the reason I'm asking that Terrence just, I mean, are you planning on y'all using it for any new additional uh, and a new additional products potentially in the near no, future? So, so, so we actually use it on, uh, on three things. We, we use it on the, the locos, the lunatic logos. We use that's right. Well, I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah. that's right. And yes. uh, in the signature, which comes out a couple of times a year, we also have used on the Anniversario Maduro, um, which again is a one-off thing that comes up you know, that we haven't done. Um, you know, it's not, the, the two regular lines that are on are the night watch and the, nice. and the lunatic locos. Um, it's, it's, it's a low yield. It's not, it's, it's not high. We're not going to be able to use it really much more than we are. Uh, and we still use pri- primarily San Andres, which is a great tobacco that goes really well with uh with with agonorsa leaf so oh yeah we're happy to have that and we we continue to use that and uh fortunately we can get a little bit more of that than we can get we can pull out of uh the the shade grown corojo maduro so terrence zeroing in on the night watch here just a little bit so this was you know the guardian of the farm has you know a critical success it lands on the cigar official the herald the heralded the cigar official top 25 list um it was on my top 10 list that year as well. It was fantastic. Um, and, um, and, and it, uh, it does, ext- it's obviously done extremely well. So you guys come up with this new extension of the family. So we already talked about the wrapper other than the wrapper, the night watch itself. I mean, is there, is there any similarity to that in the original uh, guardian of the farm or no, it's, it's, it's a radically different blend. It's a completely different thing. I, which again is the idea. I mean, if everything is basically, oh, it reminds me of this, then you're kind of like, oh, well, just smoke, you know, smoke that. So every blend that we create, we try to find a new consumer for. Um, we, we try to make it something oh. that our current consumers would enjoy, but like we don't want to pull somebody off. If you're smoking Guardian of the Farm Rambo, we don't want them to, sh- I mean, they're, they're not going to, generally speaking, people have a certain amount of cigars that they'll smoke. Uh, you know, they have a certain amount of time certain amount of budget and they're going to have a certain amount of cigars. Um, and so to pull them off something where they're smoking already of ours, you're just kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, so what we do is when we're coming out with a blend is we're hoping to bring in a new consumer um, because that's the name of the game is you need more consumers. I think that's, I, I, if I could, I was, I was asked this, it's interesting. This came up because I was asked that I was asked this one uh, earlier this week about what's the, Whereas in my opinion, which was, I couldn't believe I was being asked this, but not like I have any experience, but what as a consumer and from my opinion and being in media, like what could be the worst thing that a cigar company can do? And I was like, well, it's probably cannibalize themselves, which they often do. Uh, and, and that's, that's really, that's really interesting that you guys, while you guys are innovating, you're not thinking about, you're thinking about your current consumer and allowing them to embrace it, but you're also looking at finding those people who haven't discovered Agonorsa yet. Um, I mean, it sounds like a winning formula. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I mean, that's really great that you all look at it that way. It's it's building on the foundation as well as capturing more of an audience. Yeah, of course, you want to keep the people you have and keep make them happy, and, and you know, you want to dance with the people that you went to the prom with, but uh, you also want new. I mean, you you, you need new consumers, and so. Uh, 
you, you, you want to make sure that when you're coming out with a, a blend, is it, you know, is this just people that already like you who are going to smoke this or are, is there some new people that you can bring on board? And uh, that's really important because if you're not, you're just, I mean, you're just, you're wasting a lot of time. So, so, so speaking of new projects, so I am excited about the third uh, member of the Guardian of the Farm family, uh, the Cerberus that uh, is coming. Um, but I've seen it here and there. So is, is, is it is it released, Terrence, or is it uh, is it on its no, way? No, so, so it, it, there was a sneak preview of it. Uh, Cigar.com has a 10-count box that they, I think they may have a few boxes left. But we, we did a, a limited run with them as a sneak preview. And then uh, at the Great Smoke, uh, it will be uh, debuting and shipping nationally at the same time um, of the of the, the three sizes that we're going to make. Uh, six by 44 Lonsdale, five by 54 Robusto, Ooh. and uh, six by 52 um, Toro. And so those sizes will be re- released. Um, they'll be available at the Great Smoke, in the, in the, in the Great Smoke uh, grab, uh, grab bag or whatever, the, the pack you get with going to the Great Smoke, it'll be in there. And then uh, it'll be available for sale then as well and shipping nationally at the same time. Sweet. So got to get into Terrence's line early if we want to get that, because I'm imagining it's pretty limited. So it's, it's going to be, uh, I mean, it'll, it, anytime you release something, it, it comes out in kind of drips and drabs. Um, but it is a core, it's a core line. It's going to be a core line brand. Oh, it's going to be a core making, line. Yes. You now it okay. will be, which we're, which we're, we're happy about because, it uses uh, two unique tobaccos. One, it uses, uh, we're famous for Corojo 99, which were the only major growers of Nicaragua. And then uh, Crio 98, um, which is more quintessential Nicaraguan tobacco. We we use those in all our blends. Um, and now we're going to be adding Corojo 2012. So the wrapper on it is Corojo 2012. Um, and it also contains uh, Medio Tiempo. Um, so to use a Medio Tiempo in a blend that's a core line is, is impressive, usually we only use it in limited edition stuff. So I was, I'm, I'm glad that the, the, the Corojo 2012 came up Terrence. So can I, can I nerd out with you for a little bit for here? Have you, have you smoked? Sure. Have you, I, I, you've obviously smoked the 99. Um, you've probably you've been down to the factory several times. Have you smoked the Just the, 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 the 12 by itself, like just kind of like in a, in a, in an experimental way. Yeah. It is a Fuma. In fact, we're going to like our Agonors experience events. We're going to be incorporating it into, uh, into that where you can smoke uh, a Fuma of that as well. Um, just to show another dimension that we're adding to, uh, to, to our, um, our signature flavor profile. It's, it's, it's a, it's not as sweet as 99. It's a, it's a little earthier. Uh, and it's got a little bit more body. So it's, it's an interesting tobacco and, and, and we're, you know, again, we're, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what uh, the consumer at home thinks. So, but but uh, it's uh, it, the key is it blends well with what we what we do. Uh, we we we're always experimenting with seed varietals to see what what's what's viable. And uh, generally, you know, it might even if it's good, if it doesn't, I always use the example. You know, if you, if you uh, you know, I love lobster. I love uh, I love you know peanut butter. Peanut butter doesn't go well with the lobster. Yeah, and and. So you, 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 you need, you need, uh, you need what you're developing, even if it's good to be viable to incorporate with, um, what you're already doing. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the key thing. And the Corojo 2012 does that. So I know, I know you got a kiddo Terrence and I've got two. So, and so we've been around our, our, 
our respective wives when they were pregnant. So cravings aside, we're not talking about those crazy cravings of lobster and peanut butter. So if you know someone who's on it, they're probably, you know, about to give birth or something, but yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely not a good pairing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an unusual pairing. Most people, don't. what, what would you say? Like if, um, in your opinion, your palate, like what were some of the defining characteristics of the, the, the Herald of 99 versus the 2012, that you so, so so 99 is it, it's uh it's 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 sweeter it, it's a lot of salivation in the palate especially on the sides of the mouth that we call the gusher you know some tobaccos dry your palate um 99 is is it makes you salivate um it has some spice up front and through the retrohale and it has a nice lingering lingering sweetness um the, the 2012 is is a little bit earthier um it has more body to it it's not as sweet um, and again, it, it just, when you combine it with Corojo 99, Corojo 98, it just adds another depth, uh, to the blend. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I've, I've, I think we've may have talked about this a hundred years ago, but we slept since then. I, I, I remember identifying very early on in my, my smoking career or whatever that Corojo tobacco, you know, specifically from, um, specifically from Nicaragua. So Agonorsa was just something that really hit my palate and I really enjoyed. Um, and I knew that I really liked it. And so I started trying other varietals of, it, and that's how I you know, stumbled into like, you know, Honduran Corojo, of course, which is the, you know, you know, one of the, the perennial versions of it, you know, Julio Rose done. Oh yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know, other, other varietals of it as well. So I've, I, I've always, I've all, I don't think I've ever, as, as my palate's developed over the years, I still, I can still go back to Corojo forward blends and still, I, 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 I really, t- I tend to really enjoy them. I, in fact, I probably, now that I'm putting myself on the spot here, I don't think I can name one where I was just like, God, that was, that just did not hit my palate well. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm super, I'm super excited about that, uh, this, this, kind of new so the year thing that's something else that comes up too obviously you know corojo 99 these this isn't tobacco that's you know over 20 years old no 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 it's um, a Sebra. so, so it's, with 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 cuba with uh the cuban the original cuban corojo kind of got decimated in cuba in the 70s it got blue mold and it just it almost wiped out cuban tobacco and so they started growing different variants that were resistant to mold resistant to disease had better yield, the flavor, what you know, and so they were they developed it for of various qualities, and uh, and so the, there's uh, you know Habana 2000, 2000 or 92, there's Carrillo 98, Corojo 99, Corojo 2006, uh, Corojo 2012, Habano 2000. There's a whole bunch of different varietals, and all that means is the year they started kind of it came online uh, where they started utilizing it. So, so Corojo 99 is that the year they started utilizing it was in 99 and, and, uh, we continue to use it. Almost nobody uses it. It has a low yield, uh, com- compared to other varietals. Um, and obviously that's a factor. I always say the tomatoes, at the grocery store, it's not primarily flavor they're growing for. They're growing also for, you know, it doesn't bruise too easily. Um, it doesn't ripen too fast because, you know, they got to make it from Florida to Ohio or wherever it's going. Um, and, and so that's a, that's a factor. And when you decide what you're going to grow, um, but because we grow on such a scale and have the capacity to do it, uh, we grow 99 because we love the flavor so much. How many, 
Again, I'm just going down this. I keep going down this path just because it's interesting to me. Oh, what I mean, I, I mean, how many acres of Kuroha, um 99, since that seems to be the that that's part of your, I mean, you know, foundation and everything. How many acres of Kuroha 9090 are you growing at any one time down there in Agadorson? So they they uh, they measure manzanas, which is I think like 1.8 acres. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's about 1.8 acres. I, I know altogether we do about 800 manzanas, so that's like almost, almost. 1,500 acres. Wow. Um, of to, oh, but that's overall. That's that's everything. I, I don't, I'm not. I forget, or I don't know off the top of my head. Um, how much of that specifically is Corojo? But it's a lot. Of, like Jalapa is almost all Corojo. We don't grow Criollo and Jalapa, mm -hmm. so that part is all Corojo. And then uh, in Esteli, we grow some Corojo. So that that fifteen hundred, I would say, is about at least sixty percent Corojo. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. It was just interesting to me. Um, so the um, so back to the Cerberus, um, and please feel free to just smack me here Terrence. i'm 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 remembering a really old cigar that i felt like either had the name or had the symbol of it that might have been yours i don't know am i am i completely crazy that is this a resurrected thing or is this completely original i'm not trying to get anyone in trouble here it's it's it's, just... a, it's, a, it's an old trademark we have okay and and i think somebody else we had to send them a cease and desist or something uh that was using okay. it <laughs> um, might have been that one then I mean, yeah, this is yeah. years ago. I just remember no, either no, no, the, the symbol the, or something. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there was another one out there um, that we had to send the cease and desist for. But it's, a, it's an old trademark we have, and it's just within the garden of the farm. Made sense for Cerberus being the mythological, you know, hound, uh, three-headed hound that guards the gates of Hades. So, made sense to to incorporate it into the Guardian brand. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm super excited. I, and you, you like you, I, I have a fondness for, I have a fondness for literature. Um, and I have a fondness for, I don't know if you are as interested in Greek mythology as I am. I find it incredible. I, I was a classics major. I was a classic. So, so, um, so I have uh, in the spirit, in the spirit of uh, you being uh, one of the most well-read individuals that I've ever met, not just in the oh, industry, just period. And I uh, did a little research on the uh, the Greek mythology behind service. Of course, is the the three headed uh, three headed dog who uh, guarded um, the underworld yes, uh, at the uh, service of Hades. He was actually a gift to Hades. So, I've got three. Uh, actually, I've got four questions here for you about service. Okay, uh, well, actually three now because I just gave away the fourth one. Why that was foolish. Um, what Actually, this one's this one's easy. Who killed Cerberus in Greek mythology? I didn't realize somebody killed him. I, I know uh, I know Hercules wrestled him. That was he had to bring him back. That was one of the labors. The Twelve labors. Was... Twelve labors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's it's what I guess I guess I guess it is kind of widely debatable. I everything that I've seen was that he killed. It might have been wrestled. Again, things lost in translation over the over the centuries. It's been it's been a while uh, since I studied this, so I, right. I'm not saying. But like, I know uh, one of the twelve labors was Hercules uh, took, uh, you know, took Cerberus. Do you know what the three heads of Cerberus represent? No, <laughs> no, I don't. 
What do they so, represent? I'm learning, so, you know, I'm learning tonight too. One of the heads represents the past. The other oh, represents present, the present and third and future. But it's specific, not just, not just the elements of time though. It's the negative aspects of all those time frames. So it is, it is, it is the negative aspects of all those time frames in, in, of all time. Uh, that are represented by the three heads of the dog. So, um, and then this is this is fine. And this one I found interesting. I actually didn't know this at all. Um, I randomly knew about the the past, present, and future. Didn't know about the negative aspect of it. But uh, um, I just saw this when I was kind of uh, fooling around with this this particular uh, set of questions and everything. Is Cerberus evil? Well, I, again, I don't think uh, the ancient world had that the concept of that the way we have it today. I think it was, you know, he just didn't he didn't let anybody leave that was supposed to be there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't classify that as evil. Uh, and you nailed it, you nailed it. Scholars, scholars say that while while he's nominally known as the Hellhound, Cerberus was actually not evil. He was simply a working dog. In fact, he was a gift to Hades. By whom I don't remember, but uh, but the the idea was just that he was a he was a working dog that it was yeah. you know he was and then he was the object was so that no one was supposed to leave that was supposed to, was supposed to stay and no one was supposed to enter that wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Hence the battle with Hercules. So um, so yeah, fun fun facts for everybody. I found them interesting. So <laughs> I hope everyone else found, had a little fun with that too. So yeah, um, I learned something too. But yeah, that 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 last one was a head scratcher. I I, you know, it seemed very obvious to me. But when I when I kind of dug into it, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And then you then you hit it, nailed on nail on the head, man. That's fantastic. So um, so the um, so the kind of going along this lines of the I the embracing the identity of the leaf as you guys have done over the last to you know the last two two and a half three years here, um you've released two um, in the last couple of years, you guys have released two projects that have been fantastically and wildly popular and with huge, uh, like I said, critical, critical acclaim and success here, the Supreme leaf and the rare leaf projects. Now the Supreme leaf is a little bit more limited. It's been, is it now three Vitolas? Uh, it, it's a, f- it's been four and four. five, five is coming. Five is coming. So what talk to us a little bit about what was the, iter- what was the, the inspiration for coming up with the Supreme Leaf and well, I have to give uh, Brian uh, from Provada Cigars credit for this. Uh, so Brian from Provada, he, he kind of came. Traditional packaging, I, I have a concept that's more, uh, more modern. And um, I think if you if you put it out there, um, it's going to bring attention to your brand from a new consumer. And, and so he, he's the one that came up with the design for it. Um, and his idea was basically like, listen, let's have a great blend, but have it was presented in a different way. Um, and to his credit, uh, it was very successful. Um, it, it's, it's funny because when he, you know, it's got purple and orange in the band and the band is kind of, uh, you know, it, it's not like high gloss and embossed and all that stuff. It's, it's kind of a simple band. Um, and when I showed it to the sales team, they were like, ah, this is terrible. It's going to ruin our reputation. It's not. 
And so I was like, oh, geez, you know, this is because, uh, again, it wasn't my idea. So I kind of had to go back to him and be like, hey, uh, why are we doing this again? And, uh, and he, <laughs> he, he was good enough to be, explain like why he did it the way he did it. And uh, it was it's been a huge success for us. And every six months, a new size comes out um, of the blend. And we've it's been uh, it's been a home run for us. Everybody loves it. It's, it, it just got a half wheel gave it a 93. That was the highest rating. Half wheels given a cigar in over a year. Um, and uh, and it just brought a lot of new consumers to us. A lot of times I'll talk to people and they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I you know, I, I saw the Supreme Leaf and I've been smoking you guys ever since. So it's been successful in that way. So and there, there's not and please, Terrence, don't take this the wrong way, but um, and because trust me, there's a compliment coming to this after I tell you about my first experience with the first Supreme Leaf. No problem. Um, but we all we all know the we all know the folly of a lot of a lot of a lot of us as consumers. We're so excited about a project when the cigar lands, we buy it right off the truck, we smoke it, and sure. you know, it hasn't gotten acclimated and everything like that. Sure. Uh, that first Supreme Leaf um, was uh, a poor experience for me. But from that first light, I'm not kidding, Terrence. The first light, the first couple of puffs of the first Supreme Leaf that I smoked has to be the greatest start of any cigar I've ever smoked. I'm not kidding. It was, I, it was, I well, mean, that sounds good. Yeah, it was, it blew, it blew me away. And, you know, after that, it, it didn't perform very well. And like I said, I chalked that up to the exactly what happened because what happened subsequently after that, by letting them rest, phenomenal experience all around uh mine yeah that's one that's one of the dangers of uh, like i kind of always tell you know and it's kind of our fault in a way is we build up the 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 arrival so much right that when they finally ship yeah people are like you know they just want to take them out and and uh and smoke them right away and really that's especially unless you're unless you're getting them out out of the humidor somewhere and even then because they you know if they just got there they need to acclimate but you know, it, you know, it's going from Florida. It's been on, it's been delivered to us, uh, you know, from Nicaragua to Miami. It ships from Miami to you know, which has got uh, you know higher humidity and higher temperature, and it ship and it's shipping on a UPS truck to wherever it's going. And that place could be cold, and then that place is cold and and more you know uh, um, dry. And then it's going on another truck to someplace else. It's got a whole nother. T- so the, the t- you know, the temptation I completely understand is to, you know, light it up right away. Uh, and it, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's not mm-hmm. a big deal for whatever reason. But my, I, my general thing is, man, you let them sit and, and, and but validating. You see this as well. When we, when, <laughs> when, when, when we, when we smoke them off the full circle, they, here we go. Yeah. When, when you sit, when we smoke them, when they first land, sometimes we'll be like, man, this is off, you know, and then we'll say, okay, why don't we let it sit in the humidor for a week? And then we'll let it sit in there for a week and then we'll smoke it again. And and then you, then often we'll be like, okay, here we are, you know, because it's gotten, it's acclimated. And, and that's really a key thing. And so it's difficult because, you know, you build up enthusiasm for its arrival, but then it arrives and you don't give it proper rest and it's, it's not an ideal experience. Yeah. The, uh, like I said, the, you know, after I let it get acclimated, of course it, it, it performed, it performed incredibly well. Uh, but that, the, the first, the first few puffs of that, that particular cigar, that particular Vitola uh, was, I'd be hard pressed to find another cigar that started off that well. I mean, it was just, it just, I, it, 
I don't know anything else way to better describe it. Just like it, it engrossed my attention. It was just in my palate. It was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the, the key thing is, is again, it's the whole, that, it's the whole thing is that like you, you have to have a great product, obviously the best cigar nobody's ever heard of, or is not people aren't interested in, they don't buy, you know, there's, there's mm. lots of great wines. There's lots of great bourbons. There's lots of great things of all time you know. but, but if the person doesn't pick it up and make the purchase, it doesn't really matter what it tastes like. And so it, it's that combination of being, a, I always say that, I always say this is people will be like, Oh, I don't care what it, you know, packaging and everything. I just care about the blend. It's like, okay, I'll take the best cigar that person has ever smoked and throw a Joe Biden or a Hillary Clinton or a Trump or what band on there. And they don't think the same way about it. They like it more <laughs> or they like it less, but they don't like it the same. And, 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 and why is that? It's the same exact cigar. The cigar doesn't change. But now you present it in a different way, and uh, and and that's really important. And so you, again, there's there, there's two ways of doing that. Obviously, there's 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 a way of doing it in a genuine way where you're presenting yourself in a way so that the person understands your company and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to present. And there's a dishonest way where you're just trying to trick them. And so uh, people are kind of like, oh well, marketing is kind of like a bad word or it's a dirty word or whatever. But the reality is, is that you want the the right consumer that's going to enjoy your product to smoke it. So you have to present it to them in a way that that gets their attention and we'll, and we'll, and they'll say, okay, I identify with that. I get that. I'll enjoy. I think that's something I'm going to enjoy. And so that's, that's an important aspect of, of success because if, if you present it in a way that doesn't reflect, doesn't reflect what it is. Well, you're, you're, you're not going to be successful. I mean, it was, I mean, you were just talking about the branding and, and some of the early reactions that you got to it, uh, got from it without the, the, gets the backstory and everything, but that was a risk for you guys. That was a risk because of, you know, I'm, ta- I'm telling you the, the, I mean, we, the sales reps were like, ah, this is going to be a disaster. It's going to ruin our company. I mean, they, they were like, you know, they were completely terrified, but the, the thing with the cigar industry is anytime you do anything different, cigar industry in the best and worst sense is like high school. And that everybody knows that every, we all know each other. So, every, so right. if you, if you, if you fail, you're failing in front of everybody, you know, right. And so that's different than failing when you don't, you know, and you, and I think most regardless of what people say, they care what everybody other things, you know, that like uh, you, you, you care what your, your compatriots or your, 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 your the other people in the industry uh, think of you. And so there's this concern of like, Oh my God, if this fails, people are going to think differently of me or they're going to think, you know, and so, and so you're, you're to take a risk is a little bit harder. I think generally speaking, because the, yeah. there, there's, there's this, this fear of failing in front of the people that you know and respect. And so there's, it's a little stifling in some ways to innovation um, for that. So you, you have to be willing to, to take that risk and, and, and have everybody be like, boy, you blew that project or what a terrible idea that was. You have to be willing to face all the people, you know, and, and kind of, you know, uh, eat, eat crow. Um, but, but if you can, you can do it, if you can make calculated risks and do things in a different way, um, there, there's, there's a high upside to it. And I think that's the case with the Supreme Leaf is that, yeah, it looks, it looks different. Um, you know, not, you know, but it definitely catches people's attention. And I would say most people actually like how it looks, but even those who don't, I know people that like, think that's our best blend we've ever made. And they smoked it because they hated the packaging. I know, uh, Kevin from, uh, 
cigar, uh, New England cigar uh, militia. Uh, he, he was like, I bought that because I wanted to hate it because I hated how it looks so much. And then I smoked it and I loved it. So, so I guess, you know, whatever gets you to, yeah, whatever gets you to smoke it is, uh, is the key. I mean, it's better to, it's better to, to get people to try it and be intrigued than to be like, Oh, well, yeah, that just looks like another cigar you know? and it could be a great cigar, but it just doesn't capture their, their attention. So in a, in a, in a direct contrast or counter to that point, Terrence, I thought the branding for rare leaf was phenomenal. I thought it, I mean, it really popped. I really liked it. It, it kind of elevated what y'all have been building the last few years with this leaf is our strength, uh, concept. Um, and I, I love, I love the, the label. I love the way it sits. I love the contrast of the, the, uh, the actual wrapper and the label itself. And I mean, the branding was great on that. I mean, were, were you, were you involved with, uh, with that, uh, at all or, yeah, so the idea with that was was more to have something that again it's 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 red, which is a different color and everything. But it meant to be it was meant to be more a little bit more classic. So we were trying to kind of have best of both worlds, have it be a little bit more classic looking, but also have it stand out. And uh, and I you know I think we captured that with uh, with the with the color scheme um, where where you look at it and it doesn't look like you know just another cigar, but it also is more traditional in its presentation. Now there was a specific concept around uh, the blend too, which made it makes it the rare leaf, right? Now this it is regular production, but it's going to be is it is it, it's limited in terms of kind of yeah. The, so, uh, so so the issue with here. yeah. So so the the issue with a limited edition as well. When you I would always talk when people always ask they're like, hey, do you ever have like a crop or? some sort of uh, vintage that has a unique flavor and it's different than everything else. Farmers hate that. What farmers want is they want the same thing over and over again. Right. In, in large quantity. That's, that's what they want because that's how they are successful. They can make the same thing over and over again. They can count on it. it but that does happen. You get stuff that tastes different. You, you have certain lots on certain farms that have a unique characteristic. Um, and so when you have that, you're, you either you can make a limited edition where it truly highlights those tobaccos. Those tobaccos are heavily concentrated in the blend and you have a flavor profile that really accentuates them. Um, but then, you know, what happens is they sell out and you, again, you work, you work, you know, retail, you know how it is. Oh, I love that cigar. Uh, I'd like to get a box. Oh, it's gone now. What do you mean it's gone? And so they're upset. And so now they're looking for it someplace else. Uh, or they're, or, or, you know, the, you, whatever, it's, it's, it's an issue. And then you're calling us and saying, Hey, how come we can't get more of this? You know, people like it. So then, then what's your choice? So then you make more. And when you make more, at some point you have to start diluting it. And then what happens is, Oh, this isn't the same as last time. How come, you know, and then you're mad. Oh, you guys diluted the blend. And so that, that those are kind of challenges. So with, with rare leaf, what we decided to do is we said, okay, what's limit access to it. And so, uh, and so with rare leaf, we, we limit it to our Agonorsa select partners who, who, uh, who are only about 10% of our overall re uh, retail base, uh, re uh, retail partners. And so it's, it's made constantly, but because only a certain amount of our retail partners can receive it, um, we're able to utilize those tobaccos and keep them concentrated um, but produce it consistently. Now, if you order a hundred boxes of it, you're not going to get those right away, but over time you'll get them. And so mm -hmm. it gives the retailer the ability 
to have a blend that not everybody has that they can continually sell over and over again to their consumer. Nice. So um, I'm, you and I tend to gravitate towards the same Vitola's, this particularly in Aganorsa product. So what I'm anxious to hear what your favorite Vitola in the rare leaf was. The, the Torpedo, the Torpedo. Uh, the, the 54 in that blend tends to work the best for whatever reason. I thought the Toro was the, was the best one before we did the Torpedo. And, uh, and, and with the Torpedo, it kind of channels the smoke and it made it more intense. And, and, that, so, and, and I love personally a Corona Gorda. I like, I like 6x46. That's about my favorite size mm-hmm. um, for cigars. And for me, that was not the best expression of the Supreme. Um, but I, what I always say is it doesn't, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter what I like. I mean, what does the consumer right. likes? We make 8x80s. I'll tell you right now, I don't smoke 8x80s. Um, <laughs> but, but except to validate occasionally. When I pull the short straw, I got to validate one once in a while. Um, but, but, uh, that, you know, we, we have a, a, a customer base that, that likes that and we make an incredible expression in that size and, and the people that smoke it like it. And so my job is not to be like, okay, well, I like this, therefore you should smoke it. It's, it's to listen to the consumer and, and make something that's really, uh, they're really going to enjoy, um, based on, on their feedback. I really enjoyed the Robusta particularly. Uh, so that was this prime example of why I would be a terrible attorney. I was leading you down that path and I didn't know the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, I mean, that's, but I mean, that's the point. Her own, that's yeah. It's a fine. I mean, yeah, like we, we, you know, the Robusto, uh, the new, the new size coming is a Robusto, but it's got a little COVID weight on it. The original Robusto is five by 52. This is going to be a five by 54. Um, so it's a little bit thicker. Um, but yeah, I've I've heard the Robusto, I've heard the Corona Gorda, I've heard I've heard every size, I've, you know, like, um, and and that's part of the fun is that one of the things we really push is is to have our uh, our uh, our consumer trust their palate and make their decision and tell us we shouldn't tell them what they they should like, they should tell us and 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 if we hear that answer often enough, we should listen to it and and build on it and that's really the 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 way to do it to me i mean if you're going to tell people oh you have to like this because i like it i mean that's not a i mean overall i think going to be very successful so um speaking of validation you know we, we do that in the retail game too you know we always got to try things that we're not com- in our comfort zone too and you mentioned how the 8 by 80 isn't in yours um i'm uh, as everyone in my audience knows i'm not a big gauge smoker so um um, but sixties uh, are definitely not as uh, intimidating. Uh, is def- definitely not as um, have not as low favor with me as I used to be because you know I've smoked seventy gauges now. <laughs> but but speaking of validation, one of the one of the seventy gauges that I did enjoy and was the uh, the seven seventy XT box press that you guys did for the GFR line. Um, is that still being? Is that still in production? I, I yeah, haven't. It, yes, it, you know again, I, and w- one of the things that. that in fairness to Big Ring Gauge, that uh, when Big Ring Gauge first came out, it was kind of like the manufacturers like these gringos don't know what the hell a cigar is supposed to taste like, and they just threw more tobacco in there. They didn't really blend them, I think, towards the size. Um, but when you actually blend to the size, I'll tell you, our our, our torch uh, four and three quarters by seventy, um, the XT seven seventy, 
the taste profile is excellent and you, they burn cooler because it's bigger, it's bigger ring. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can have, you can have the flavor of, that's just as complex and intense as a small ring gauge and a big ring gauge. If you blend to the size, I just, I'm, I don't like something that big because it's just uncomfortable for me, but, but, but the actual flavor profile, um, it can be annoying because like I said, the 770 torch, uh, or excuse me, four and three quarters by 70 torch, that size to me is the best tasting of the bunch um, in terms of flavor and and complexity, um, despite being, you know, as big as it is. Yeah, I like those box press 70s just because, you know, when you box press it, there's the the tobacco that's removed to create more airflow and everything. Sure, yeah, yeah. made for a smoother draw, uh, which made it much more pleasant experience. But like you said, it was still, because it was so big, it, you know, it's still cool. And so like, you know, that, that's the, you know, people ask me about my, my preferred draw all the time. And I, I like a little bit of resistance because if you have too much coming at you, you know, it, it, it one, it can overwhelm the palate. And then two, it can get bitter really fast. Um, yeah. So it's a, it that's a big, burns hot. it's a, it's a big debate that we have all the time is that like, there, there's definitely like a desire for a very loose draw. A lot of people really like that. Uh, they like that loose, easy draw. That's not really a traditional draw. So what do you do? Do you make it looser, you know, to accommodate, or do you keep it, you know? So these, again, this is where it's it's all about trying to figure out, you know, what what do you what are you trying to do? So, um, you know, we 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 tend to have a more classic draw. There's more resistance. We don't do a a, a loose draw, um, but that's always a debate. It's like, hey, well, maybe we should do that. Maybe maybe that's what the consumer wants. Not to backpedal too much in our conversation, but one, I'm interested. Uh, we spent some time talking about what I was smoking, and I was so rude. What, what are you smoking tonight? Is that the the cigar that would that you had displayed on our opening, or no? So I initially had a rare leaf for Busto, but I finished it. So now I'm uh, I'm smoking. Yeah, the the cigar that we were were showing off on uh, in the beginning is the it's a Lancero of the Anniversario Corojo, which we just rebranded. It was the Casa Fernandez Anniversario. Now it's the Agonor Sleeve Anniversario. Nice. I don't know how well you can see it here, but nice Lancero. I'm not a big Lancero guy because they kind of require a lot of attention generally, but like when I, I do enjoy them when I have the opportunity to sit back and relax and, and, uh, and smoke one. And this, this is a, it's not really a Lancero. It's seven and a half by 40, which it's not a traditional Lancero size. It's also box press. Um, so it's a, but it's a great expression of Agonor. So I, I highly recommend, again, Lancero is the, you know, if you build your company on Lanceros, you're going out of business. But um, it's a it's a it's a delicious cigar, and I and I try to enjoy one as as often as I have the time. So to to piggyback on that, uh, our discussion about draw and everything. So that's kind of been my again, not to go too back far back in the conversation. You know, with the with the original Guardian of the Farm, like my Rambo's that I love so much that you love as well. Uh, yes. You know, with that with that closed foot. Um, it's, and the way that draws, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's got the right amount of resistance. I really enjoy it. Um, the night watch I've found, and I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm anxious to hear your kind of experience. It seems like a, it seems like a firmer draw, um, because again, the blend's completely different. We talked about that already. Um, has that been your experience as well? Uh, that it's, it's, is it just more packed of tobacco than the, the, the original or I, I, I don't think it's so much as packed as that it, it's that it's a heavier blend with with, with especially the shade grown yeah the coral maduro 
And so it's, you know, again, we, like you always say, like that classic kind of Connecticut that burns very easy um, with lighter tobaccos. Um, you, you're using heavier tobaccos, Lejeros and Visos and, and the Corojo Maduros, a, a thicker priming. So it, it takes a little bit more pull on it to kind of get it flowing. Um, and I think that, that that's the difference between those two. Yeah, I really, I really like that wrapper on the, the, the signature that we were, um, again, not to go too far back in the conversation, but, uh, and, uh, but man, I just love these Rambo so much. It's just a, I, me too. It's fantastic. It just, I like really the cut is. of your jib. Um, so kind of going Nick into the, keep talking a little bit more about the, the, the rare leaf. And, and again, this is my self-proclaimed, um, kind of era of, of agonorsal leaf and bra- you know, identifying and embracing uh, with the identity of the leaf and everything. Are we going to see more uh, continued projects where the, the leaf is, the leaf is always the focus with agonorsal leaf. I get that, but like, you know, in terms of the branding as well as the blending, are we going to see, continue to see that going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the, th- the thing is, as we're, we're promoting the leaf being our strength and, and so again, the, the anniversario is a great example. It's like, oh well, like we we have retailers with a shelf of a full shelf of our product, but unless you're familiar, you don't necessarily realize that because it's not always highlighted in in the product. And so, it's really important for us that when the consumer sees our product on the shelf, they identify it. Number one, oh, that's agonorsa leaf, um, and two, that has a particular meaning to them. Um, and so. If, if everything looks, you know, completely different, it's, it's hard to kind of capture. I always give the, you know, Nick Perdomo a lot of credit. You will get a shelf of Perdomo. It's all Perdomo. You're not confused and think it's something else. You recognize immediately it's, it's, a, it's Perdomo. Um, and so we're trying to work towards that as well, where you see the Agonorsa on the shelf, whether it's JFR or Agonorsa Leaf or Guardian, there's something that really makes it clear that it's, it's an Agonorsa product. And so that's a process and we, we're still got a ways to go, but I think we're improving. I, I think that's one of the things you, you mentioned Perdomo. I think that's one of the things about Perdomo and Agonorsa that's, that's similar and it says in its essence, like, um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of blenders and a lot of factories that have that, that signature flavor, right? You can tell a lot of times. Yeah, like, uh, sure. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned it like, uh, Eric at Lazona, he has a, you know, him and Hector have this, this kind of the, the, the signature, the stamp that kind of, kind of goes with some of their blends that you can pick up. And, uh, it's one that I certainly enjoy, uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, there are certain characteristics of like the, my father factory and stuff, but like when you get on some of those larger scale companies, like my father, who does a lot for not just themselves, but a lot of other places. And you guys certainly do the same too. You guys make a lot of blends for a lot of different people. Uh, and everything. I, I feel like Perdomo and, and Agonorsa kind of stand sort of at the top when it comes to that, that signature flavor component. Like there's, there's, again, it doesn't make them, it's not, it's not monotonous and it's not monotone, but it, there's a really, really defined flavor component that, that really speaks out on, on all y'all's blends. And it, it's like, Oh, this is, this is Agonorsa. And that in a, in a, in a I guess, again, as we were talking about different palettes for different people, for me, that's definitely a positive. Um, I mean, would, I mean, would you agree with that characterization or? 
Yeah, no, that's the idea. Again, there's definitely different. I was like, like uh, for instance, like Placencia are good friends of mine. Placencia, you want North Korean tobacco? They probably have it. Like, like they, <laughs> they really have every type of tobacco um, and they can go. And there's advantages to that. Like that's 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 a benefit as well. Again, it's like you have a bar that's a, a whiskey bar and you have a bar that just has a ton of everything. And that right. th- there's advantages to both those things, right? You know, so you go mm-hmm. to the bar that has a ton of everything. You know that anybody that walks in is gonna ha- there's gonna be something for them, you know. And so there's a bi- there's a benefit to that. For us, we're we're not for everybody. You know, we we have a mm-hmm. the signature profile. If you like that, you're profile, the whiskey bar. You're the yeah, whiskey yeah, bar. yeah. If yeah, we're the whiskey bar. And if you and if you like that, we have something that you're not gonna be able to get anywhere else, and you're gonna love. And so we kind of focus on that that realm that we're good at and we stay there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, and, and like I said, there, there's advantages to, to doing both of those things. Um, but that, but that's our path is that it, it's like, we have a signature flavor and you you know, the realm you're getting into when you have Agnorsa, um, and, and you're going to, you're going to have the opportunity to have a lot of different expressions of that, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's, it's not radically it's not it, it, it's not something so different that you're like you don't relate it to the other things you've had absolutely and to and to your credit too terrence to, to, to Agonorse's credit with this like that's not something they've ever been and and, and not that anyone should and uh, and i can't really think of anyone example that really well i i can but i'm not going to necessarily point fingers but like where people kind of kind of shy away from the fact that they have a signature and and they're like no 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 everything's completely different and like no it's it's really not and and it's not a bad thing and like that's what I was saying like I think Agnors has really embraced it in a really really amazing way and 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 you guys have built this 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 incredible history on it and it's and it's yeah, like you said you, it's not for everybody but it's it's it is a it is for the people that it's for for the whiskey bar people it, it's it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, you just have to kind of recognize, be, you know, objective and look at look and say what what are you good at, what do you do well, and how do you, mm-hmm. and then run and then run with that, and that's really the thing. And some people can go in a lot of different directions, and some people are really good at certain things. And so for us, we have this signature flavor, and and if you like that, you're gonna love what we do, and if you don't, that's okay too. You know, and you can, you know, there's there's other there's a lot of great cigars out there, and and there's other things you can have. Are when, when anytime like somebody asked me recently, they did do your elevator pitch for me. Like if you were trying to get me to smoke the product, I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You know, like, listen, let me, let me find out if you're for us. And if you, we're not selling yachts. Like we want people to enjoy the product so they come back, smoke it again, and then go in with passion, tell other people about it. Be like, oh, Agonorsa is the is my favorite cigar i love it you've got to try it it's excellent if you like nicaraguan cigars with like a cuban influence you're going to love them and mm-hmm. that, and, that and, and we want that's what we want we, we want people to be passionate about i don't want to sell somebody something they're not going to enjoy i don't want to sell like if they, if they love really mild cigars or really full cigars or, or there's other brands that do incredible and do an incredible job of of, of those expressions of tobacco and great, you know, go smoke them. And maybe at some point you'll either come down or you'll go up and you'll, we'll be more, uh, you know, uh, we'll be more in your play, flavor profile, but 
you you know you buy a box let's say you buy a box of cigars you don't like it i i've wasted everybody's time i've i've wasted your time i've wasted your money and what did we get out of that we want people running around saying oh you got to have agonois that's what we want so we were focusing on the people that we're right for and and that's important because that there's nothing where i'm telling you oh hey should i try this oh no i had it, it was terrible like you, you don't, you don't want that person mm. to, you don't want to force that person into smoking your product if it's not for them. And so, and so that's, we're, we're just really focused on doing what we do well uh, to the best of our ability and, and, and focusing on those consumers that we're, we're compatible with. And then for everybody else where we wish them the best, enjoy whatever they're smoking and who knows, maybe in the future we'll be right for you. But if we're not, that's okay too. Absolutely. Well, Terrence, I really uh, appreciate kind of this, this walk down the last kind of uh, 24 months or so. Um, since It's been a little while since uh, we've had you on and I really, really appreciate you, uh, you hopping on tonight. We've got a few more, a few more segments to go here, but um, a lot of great stuff uh, been going on in Agnorsa and obviously some good stuff to come and everything. Um, it, it's probably the silliest question I'll ask you tonight. Uh, you know, I, you know, for as long as I've known you, before when you were with Quesada and, and now with Aganorsa, you, you, you seem to be one of those those professionals in this industry that really do love what they're doing. I mean, and are not just love what they're doing, but also having fun and with 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 their job and everything. Do you do you? I mean, does that ever get difficult for you? Like have it, you know, this, is anyone ever like, does the fun ever go away or you just, have you just enjoyed every, every moment of this journey with. Yeah. I mean, it seems to so, so any, anything you do where you have to do it, if you golf for a living, never, you know, if you love golfing, but if you, when you don't, when you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling your best and you have to golf, that's a job. So anything you have to do when you're not feeling up to it is a job. Um, and so I, I, I'm absolutely blessed to do what I do. And, and I, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what? I don't think I have enough problems. Maybe Terrence has some problems he can throw on me and I can take them over. You know, I, I don't think that's common. So I, I, I never, I never try to take anything that I'm going through or I'm involved in and put it on to our, our, our retail partners or customers and, and this industry, for me, the cigar is just, uh, it's, it's just, it's just a pathway to, to good times and experiences and fun and, and human connection. And that's what it's for. And I wouldn't do this otherwise. There's easier ways to make a living, quite frankly, than cigars. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and so what I enjoy about it and what I never take for granted or, 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 or stop uh, appreciating is that we're able to utilize this <laughs> product to, to connect and to have, again, I mean, imagine you were in a, you're in a bar or you're in a cigar shop, somebody, I'm sure this has happened to you. I mean, you could tell me if you're, I'm wrong. Hey, Oh, you, you, you like that here, try this. Have you had this cigar? you'll really like it like that is so normal we don't even think about that imagine you're in a bar and you're having a drink and somebody comes up to you and goes hey what are you drinking oh you like bourbon 
well, uh, how about I'm going to buy an old fashioned. I think you'll really like that. You'd think the guy was coming on to you or something, but who knows? Maybe, maybe that's your thing. But, but the thing is you'd think they're after something. You'd think they're like some angle or right, with right. cigars, with cigars, there's, you're like, Oh yeah, that would be completely normal. And so that, that's that aspect of it. I truly appreciate. It. And I try to, when I walk into a shop um, or interact or I, I try to, I try to make, their day better i hope um through their interaction with me and whatever we sell them is 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 you know obviously we're in business and if you know we don't do well I, you know, i'll be looking for another job but uh but but that is always secondary to to trying to to, to utilize what, the cigar to create that experience I'm going to use this question to, because it's actually something that I didn't ask initially when you, um, when we initially talked in a couple of interviews, but I'm going to use it to, to piggyback onto another question after our fun segments here in just a second. But you, you kind of hint, not hinted at, but you kind of, kind of skirted around it when you were talking there just for a moment ago, when, you know, was there, like you said, there's easier ways to make a living when you, when you left Quesada, was there a, was there any doubt that you were not staying in the cigar industry? Was that, was that a given you were staying in the cigar industry or did you actually, did, was there any thoughts of maybe exploring other opportunities? No, I mean, I, my plan was to stay in the cigar industry. I mean, I, and, and, and uh, I was at a state, you know, I'm 40 now. I was, I think 36 then. Um, and I kind of viewed it as like, it was the last opportunity, not the last opportunity, but it was the, it was the last time I was going to probably be amicable to taking on a risk of, of taking something and trying to take it to the next level. Um, I, I, I was blessed in the sense of, I talked to, to some companies that were established and I could have been a, a lineman for the team or a receiver. Uh, I wanted to be, I wanted to be quarterback. If, if I do it again, I don't know if that's as important to me now. But, uh, but at the time it was like, well, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, be in charge of, 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 of creating something that's special and being held accountable for it, you know, because again, it's like the quarterback quarterback, when you win, they get more of the credit than they deserve. And then when they lose, they get more of the blame than they deserve. Um, and so th that was, that was appealing to me. And so, my goal was definitely to stay in the business. Yeah. I remember, I remember you saying that those, those things before how you, this was the time in your life where you could still kind of take that. And it's, it's completely paid off Terrence. I mean, I don't, like I said, I would love to debate someone different uh, if they viewed it differently, but what, what you and your phenomenal team have built there on an already storied brands uh, that I think just needed, I mean, quite frankly, I just think needed the right storyteller and you were that person. And, uh, no, no, I'm, I've been blessed and I, I was, I appreciate the opportunity and I'm glad that it's worked out as well. And again, it's, listen, it's, you know, it was a success as a thousand fathers failures, uh, an orphan. I mean, it, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it takes, it takes everybody, man. You, you smoke that cigar, you take the band off and it tears the wrapper. You don't go, Oh, everybody did a great job at this. And there's this, you go bad cigar, you know? And, and, uh, and so it takes everybody, to be successful and i never forget that and and there's you know from the factory to our sales team to our retail partners 
it takes everybody to make it work. And so, you know, I, I, this, this, this industry, uh, it makes you, you have to have humility, um, because it's not easy and there's a lot of things you, you don't control and you need good people to, to make it, to make it possible. So what a wonderful way to help me with my segue here, Terrence. You mentioned quarterbacking. So that takes us into our one must go segment. And as always, it's brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Gianna Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and a highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron line. So smoke one today and start living United. So Terrence, it's, I know that you've participated in this segment before on Cigar Coop Primetime. This is the first time you'll be participating on LS Fumar Takes. So uh, just a quick refresher on this. I'm going to give you three things and one's got to go. It's that simple. Um, yeah. So we're going to focus on a uh, someone you have great, tremendous amount of respect for, uh, uh, quarterback Tom Brady, who just announced his, uh, his uh, retirement from the game of football. It is the first time in 20 plus years, two decades, the last time that uh, when we knew a league without Tom Brady, um, you and I were uh, in secondary school, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, was in, uh, I, was, I was in college. I, was, I, yeah. I, I remember his first game. I remember, I remember they were 0-2. And they played uh, the Colts. And he was starting that game. I remember that game. Un- unbelievable. Un- unbelievable run that he had. An incredible career. And as John Carney has pointed out, actually, he has uh, almost three Hall of Fame careers. If you think, if you break down his stats, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty incredible. So um, we all know about his successes. So I wanted to take a look at his failures, if you want to call them that. He's lost. He lost three Super Bowls. Yeah. Big whoop considering how many he won, but he lost three Super Bowls and he had, I would say three very impactful performances in those Super Bowls, but yet he lost. So I'm going to give you the three losses and I'm going to give you the stat lines for each of them. And you got to pick one of those Super Bowl losses. That's just got to go. Okay. Um, When you say, we say got to go. What do you mean? I mean, so, so in terms of you think uh, you think it's Brady's Brady's performance, was the least impactful out of all. This. Okay, I think okay, one's okay. going to be very obviously going to stay. I would, I would imagine. But if you have a counterpoint to it, I would love to hear your argument. As I always, uh, I'm often, I'm often, uh, I always in love your, I always love and enjoy your counterpoints. So, let's start from the first, uh, the first Super Bowl loss that he did, which was in 2007, which yeah. was the first loss to the Giants, uh, the, the David Tyree helmet catch. Everyone knows how yeah. it ended. Uh, that game, Tom Brady went 29 for 48. For 266 yards in passing, zero turnovers, but only one touchdown, and he lost 17 to 14 in a defensive battle. Um, his second loss, again, to the Giants, uh, we know Coop is smiling somewhere with this. Yeah, yeah. In 2011, he again, a uh, wonderful, uh, almost miracle catch, uh, not quite with a helmet. Yeah, Mario Mayhem, yeah. Yes, down the sideline, 27 for 41. 27 for 41, so less completions, less significantly less attempts. Wes Walker dropped the ball, though. You can't, you yeah. can't catch the ball, too. Exactly. 276 yards. Did throw a pick in that game, but he did throw two touchdowns. He lost 21 to 17. And then, of course, the loss to the Eagles, which he did fumble in that, in that last drive, so he did have one turnover. But it, he did have an incredible 500 yards. 28 for 48, 505 yards passing, no, no, no picks, three passing touchdowns. 
lost 41 to 33. And considering the, what happened the year before uh, with the legendary comeback against the Falcons, everybody just knew in that last drive um, that he was going to come back and win. And of course, unfortunately, he, he didn't. But so which performance? Which performance has got to go? The, the, the first has got to go. The first has got to go. Yeah, he gets, you know, I'll tell you why. He, he overthrows uh, Randy Moss after the Tyree catch and they score the touchdown. So the in the in the second one in 2011 or 12 or whatever it was, yeah, it, it was the 2011 2011 12 season. season, yeah, yeah, yeah. Season. Uh, um, you know, Wel- Welker drops that ball. Wel- Welker catches the ball. The game's over. So uh, you can't blame Brady on that one. And then when you th- when you throw 500 yards and three you touchdowns, win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's you not your offense. I mean, your offense can't be held responsible for that. So. Uh, I would say I would say the first one is is the one that's got to go. I, I remember a game. I'm I live in Cowboy Country. I'm not a Cowboys fan, um, but I live in Cowboy Country, and I remember this the shootout that that uh, Peyton Manning had with Tony Romo in a Broncos Cowboys game, uh, the season before uh, Tony Romo's uh, uh, exited the uh, the league and everything. And I yeah, Romo threw for 500 plus yards, threw like five touchdowns, like. And lost the game and everyone wanted to blame him. And I was like, no, guys, I'm sorry. You throw that. You, you, you have that kind of performance. You win the game. <laughs> like you, you need the, the, something. Something needs to happen. So um, yeah, he, fi- I, he finally he, he found his true calling in the booth. He's 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 a great booth announcer. Yes. No, 100. I, I, I like him. A lot of people. Some people don't. I, I think he's phenomenal in the booth. So no, to, I mean, he's the best to two. So the 2007 loss back to Brady here for a second. The one that's got to go. And that was the that was the end of the the, the, the try for the perfect season, right? Since uh, since the Dolphins did it, yeah. um, do you? I mean, not that you're close with Tom Brady or anything, but if you if you had to speak for him, do you think that do you feel like he that was his greatest failure in his career of all the successes and all the acclaim, all yeah. the MVPs? Well, again, that's got to be the one that eats at him. That's got to be fa- the one that eats at him, right? Failure failure is a strong word, but yeah, I think that's probably the hardest one. You're, you're, I mean, the toughest Samuel, pill to swallow. You know, I, I think it's the toughest pill to swallow. And again, because Coop, like the, the, the Philly game, Philly beat the Patriots. They, they played the blend. They, they made plays. Honestly, the defense played great. I mean, I, he, they just put the, you know, and you know, Nick uh, Foyles, put, he put the ball where it needed to be. I mean, I watched that game and I'm like, man, they just, they got beat. I mean, they every, it was a great game, and they played hard. The the two Giants games are really Patriots failures. To to I mean, the Giants <laughs> they just weren't that they weren't that good. I got I, like Asante Samuel kids in in the game. The ball goes right through his hands, and then a guy catches a ball off his head. I mean, and then they miss Moss, who's wide open, and then and then the and then the second one. Welker catches that ball and the game is over. I mean, that's, that's it. So it's over right there. So I feel the Patriots blew those games against an inferior team. It's like, it's like Tyson Douglas. It's like Mike Tyson didn't train for that fight and he got beat mm-hmm. by a guy who had the best day of his life. And he, you didn't literally train the for best it. day of his life. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah. And he didn't train for it. Like he, he's not, he's not a great fighter. He just had, he was he had the right time and Tyson didn't train for the fight and so the, like th- those two those two Giants victories are the Patriots kind of gifted them you know they didn't they didn't play to their potential in either of those games and the Philly game I thought the Patriots played played really well 
and the Eagles played better. And so I'm, I'm more, I'm more comfortable with that victory. Yeah. Um, yeah. You need two miracles in order to, in order to beat the, the arguably the greatest team in the league at the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not, I don't think it's an indictment on, on Brady at all. So, um, but, uh, no, I, I, all right. Well, I, I, uh, appreciate you uh, going to, I know, I know those were not wonderful memories to relive, but terrible I thought, memories, but I thought no, it was, it, I, what a horrible show this is. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I, thought, it was an interesting, I thought it was an interesting, uh, I thought it was an interesting kind of examination of, uh, of, uh, what I has think been Coop, a, put you up this. Coop, Coop put you up to this. Uh, no, when I told him about it though, he loved it. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he would, but I was like, yeah, well, I, it's I three, it's the perfect number. You know, it's the one yeah. must go. You got to have three options. So, um, cause I, I thought about like, oh, his victories, but I'm like, well, now I have to, now I have to cherry pick. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this one, that was, a, this one was a little bit easier. So as always, this was our one must go segment spot to you, uh, brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines smoke one today, start living United. So this goes into our next fun segment, which has been a fantastic segment. I've really enjoyed this. We've done this for over a year now, and it, we've had some wonderful, wonderful opportunities to spotlight some incredible charities. This started on my birthday a little over a year and a half ago, and uh, and uh, each week I ask my guests to uh, to bring forward a nonprofit or charity of their choice uh, to to highlight. And I'm this one was an interest. This is a charity that we've uh, talked a little bit about on this show, and. And uh, I'm really excited about the reason that was brought forth. So, uh, so uh, Terrence, you you chose uh, to uh, select and spotlight uh, Sepsis Alliance, which, speaking of our friend Coop, has been uh, a charity of yes. near and dear to his heart. Um, he has uh, donated a lot of proceeds to it. We've raised a lot of money for Sepsis Alliance on this show as well. Um, you know what? Uh, what was your reasoning when I when I gave you this opportunity? What was the reason for uh, for uh, picking Sepsis Alliance? Well, I, I, good old Coop, God bless his heart. Um, he has the airport photo contest, which he's done in the past, and I try to terrorize him about. Um, and then this coming year, um, he's made it a charity for Substance Alliance because he suffered from it and he almost died from it. Um, so I felt, you know, uh, I, I, I give him such a hard time about the photo contest that we can at least raise some money, hopefully, uh, for four steps of alliance. I know it's near and dear to his heart and uh, it's something that's important to him. And uh, you know, that was, that was kind of the thing behind it. It's a fantastic organization. You can check a little bit more about it. I'm going to have the, the link in the show notes here. I'm trying to get it into the chat for some reason. Uh, Facebook isn't cooperating. Thank you very much. Facebook. Um, thanks, but, thanks for nothing. Uh, Facebook. No kidding. Um, but uh, you know, th- this is something that a lot of, you know, we, we talk about this, Quite a bit. We've talked about this quite a bit with uh, with Sepsis Alliance and and the fact that Sepsis is 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 it's it's not talked about. You know when they when they say someone has died from complications from surgery, uh, nine times out of ten it's septic shock. It's it's not responding well to treatment of whatever kind infections, and um and it's septic shock that unfortunately that people go through and they 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 die from it and. And you don't have to go through surgery to go through sepsis, as, as Coop unfortunately found out. And and it can be a, a number of reactions uh, to a number of different things. And it's important to know the signs, and you can learn more about the signs there on uh, sepsis.org. 
Um, and it's a, it's a great organization. I encourage you all to learn about it um, and encourage you to donate as well uh, tonight. And uh, Terrence, as, as we do every week on the show, my wife and I have uh, pledged to make a small donation in my guest's honor to their charity of choice. So uh, Terrence Riley will have a uh, donation in his honor later this evening from my, oh, myself thank and you. my wife. So thank you for bringing this up. I really, really appreciate it. So, um, ha- I mean, have you, um, you know, not to bring down the mood or anything, but I mean, have you had anyone uh, that you're close to that's, uh, that's suffered from, from sepsis or? No, thank God. Uh, no, it, like I said, it would the idea, you know, I know it's, a, it's a cause near and dear to uh, William Cooper's heart. And so that was my reasoning for picking. Up. Awesome. Well, um, got a few more questions here. Uh, uh, Terrence for, uh, for us tonight before we kind of close things out with our curveball segment at the end of the night. Um, and this was something, like I said, I was picking back off uh, your transition from Quesada to Aganorsa and your decision to stay in the cigar industry to, to kind of ask this question. Um, it, it's, you know, well, it's the cigar industry. It, 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 you, I mean, you really did make a leap. I mean, this is two different worlds. I mean, you, you, you know, Quesada is based out of the Dominican Republic, um, you know, prominent in the pro cigar community there. And you come over to Nicaragua, um, which is, you know, I mean, I mean, nothing hotter than Nicaragua in the industry in terms of countries production over the last uh, decade and a half, I would say. Um, but that being said, I mean, what's been, what was the, what was the most notable change for you going from a, you know, a, you know, a, from a Dominican based manufacturer to a Nicaraguan based manufacturer? Well, I mean, I, again, we, we, like Casada obviously is based in Dominican, but we, we did Casa Magna and several brands with Placencia. So I, I, went, I went to Nicaragua off enough and, and then I, I was familiar with it. Um, I, I think it had more to do really with, with just the opportunity that the company presented more than the fact that it was Nicaraguan or anything else. I mean, it, it was, they, they were, a brand that were making a lot of cigars that were highly acclaimed for other people. Um, they themselves had won several awards and been, you know, well, well established in that sense, but it just, there wasn't the enthusiasm for them that there was for the brands they made for other people. And to me that, that I, as I always say, it's, it's like, imagine people were like, Oh yeah. Ashton and JC Newman. Amazing. What's Fuente? Um, that doesn't make any sense, you know, right. uh, you know, that, that, that's, uh, that's a disconnect. And so that, for me, uh, I saw that as an opportunity because I, I if the, if the company's not making good cigars, I go to the factory three, four times a year, you're, you're really not going to change anything in that sense. So I saw it as the sleeping giant that had, that was doing a high quality product that was competitive with anything else that's out there because we're vertically integrated from seed to ash was at a better value point than almost anything else out there, but people didn't know about it. And so uh, uh, to use something you said that was really meaningful to me the last time I, I think it was the last time I was on, you're like, you, you made JFR exciting. And, and so, and so, yeah, it was like, okay, so I can hopefully bring attention to this company and that's what I, that's my abilities and that's what they're missing. And so that was really the, the attraction. You did, you did. I mean, I didn't think that was, I mean, I, I, with 
seriously not trying to be disrespectful. I mean, I, I just didn't think that was possible. And you did, you know, you, you, you made, you, you made it a focal point. You didn't, it, the, the thing about JFR is like, I mean, you, you could have easily said, oh, you know, focused on the anniversarios and uh, your, one of your personal favorites was the Buena Cosencia. And I remember that talking about that cigar and, and you, you know, you, we could have talked about all, all those things and, or, and this was my mistake, Terrence. I mean, I did in those, in the first couple of interviews, I, I went back and I remember, I was like, man, I, you know, talking about reflecting on failures, right. I, I, you know, I talked about these other brands that y'all work for and I was like, that's, in a way that was just unfair <laughs> uh, because, you know, we were here to talk about what you were doing with Agonorsa and, and you don't work for those other brands. Uh, not, I mean, not directly. I mean, you work with some of those people and you have great friendships with Rainier, for example, that I know, but um, you know, that's, I mean, what you've, what you've done and what you've accomplished with it again, I said this a few moments ago, but it, it's been fantastic. And yeah, you make, you made JFR exciting. You made it, you know, part of, the Agonorsa family and, and its own, you know, and it's, it's right there alongside all these other, you know, quote unquote, you know, higher profile brands that y'all do. And, and that's what I, I found the most impressive about your work, especially early on. So, I mean, do you, do you miss, uh, I mean, have you been back to Pro Cigar, the, the festival at all? Or, I mean, do you miss? No, I haven't, I haven't been since uh, 2017 was the last year I went. I mean, I do, I do miss it. I, 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 like I said, I enjoyed working there very much. I, lo- I loved working with my uncle. I love Pro Cigar. I have no regrets in what whatsoever. Um, unfortunately, it just I travel so much to to go to the Pro Cigar Festival, which would really just be a vacation more than anything else. Right. Um, I I, ha- I haven't had the opportunity to to go back and, and enjoy it. I I would like to get back there someday, and uh, and 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 just like I said, hang out. It's a, it would be a vacation for me. The first year was hard. Definitely. I mean, we, we used to go over at uh, Casada. We, we would have a poker day after the, the whole thing was over. And that was one of my favorite days of the year. We just and hung out and played cards and eat chicharron own and have Sancocho. Uh, you know, it was, it was one of my favorite days of the year. Um, but I haven't had the opportunity to go back uh, that I can justify as anything other than a vacation. So I haven't been back, but um, a lot of good memories and, and uh, I wish nothing but the best for all of them. Well, you do work pretty tirelessly. So uh, a well-deserved vacation, one of these years for you to return back. So um, someday, I mean, so I know that the last couple of years it's been canceled because of, because of COVID and everything. I mean, I was thinking about this. Have you had the opportunity to participate in Pearl, Pearl support? Yeah, I saw it the first two years I went to it. Um, I was there in uh, 18 and 19. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, wait, 18, 18, 19, and 20, I guess. I think it was in 22. But I was I was there uh, the first few years. And, uh, you know, it was very successful. And and I think it was getting better. Um, and uh, unfortunately, just, you know, COVID kind of, it off so i hope to see it come back it, it, i think they were doing a good job of getting making it um better every time i attended and and uh it's a great festival you get to see a lot of great companies and and uh, i'd like to see it be uh be back in the rotation yeah we certainly all do um 
for sure. So, um, so we mentioned, we talked, talked about this at the top of the show here, Chance. This is my last question before our curveball segment. And again, I can't, I always take this time, um, of the evening to, to thank my guests. Um, you got a long week ahead of you. They're all long weeks. And uh, for you to spend a Sunday evening with me, uh, talking about cigars and everything, I, I know it's, uh, I know it is your job, but like you said, it's not a job if you enjoy it, but I, I still do appreciate your time greatly for my pleasure the time you've given me. So thank you so much. Um, so we, we talked about this at the top of the show. Um, I, I'm going to be in Miami here in a couple of weeks as are you for the great smoke. Um, you know, and we were talking about, you know, Pearl Sabor not being able to happen, but uh, this is the first great smoke in person in two years. They, of course, the incredible virtual uh, event that they had last year. Uh, and now they're doing virtual and, uh, and in person here this year for 2022. Um, you know, I, have you been to several Great Smokes? I mean, how many Great Smokes have you have you I've been, been to? I, oh, I think I've been to ten. Been to all. What What is it about this particular event that uh, that you that you enjoy going and work? And I know, again, I know it's part of your job, but like, what what is it about the Great Smoke that uh, that you really enjoy? No, I, I mean, I I mean, I think that um, Abe does an incredible job of generating enthusiasm. Again, you, the only metric of success is enthusiasm um does does a product or whatever it is uh if you if it's a restaurant or a product or whatever it does have enthusiasm and uh the great smoke has has definitely uh a very hardcore following and and that translates and so it's good to be around that and to and to experience that and uh, i think that's the best thing that's that they have going for it is that the people that show up are are super excited and and uh and that you know it's rewarding you know when when you you work in this industry there's a lot of things that are always happening that are difficult to deal with and whether it's uh you know laws or fda or whatever it is um you know that can that can drain you and so when you have an event that really creates um a lot of passion and and, and excitement um i think that helps to kind of re rejuvenate you and, and make you happy to be a part of all this. Now, other than the national Reefs for Cerebrus that you guys are doing at the event, are is there anything else that y'all are doing uh, special for uh, TGS? Uh, no. So we, we, I mean, we released uh, uh, a TGS um, exclusive, which, which uh, was available to anyone that's, that, that's involved virtually that has a ticket either virtually or in person. Um, so those will be, I think, whatever they have left, it's a big secret with them. They don't, I don't even know how many they have left. They might have five boxes or uh, haven't sold any yet. I don't know. Um, but that will, that, that will be, uh, that will be, a they've definitely of, sold some Terrence. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I've seen a few. Um, so yeah, um, whatever is left will be a part of that. Um, so that'll be there. And that was an incredible blend and so, a project that we were really passionate about and, uh, and just an a lot. That's one of my favorite blends we make. Um, so that will be there. And then, uh, you know, and then the Cerberus rooms, those are the two big, big, uh, attractions. Fantastic. Well, that leaves us with our curveball segment, Terrence. Uh, uh, and as always, our curveball segments brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs are curveballs. It doesn't matter since the company's inception, Steve Saka has been knocking them out of the park seven. Now it's been seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Unbelievable. And congratulations to our friend, 
uh, Steve Saka. So this is our curveball question. We talked about Clutchburger at the top of the show here, Terrence. So I've got uh, it's actually two curveball questions. Right, man. Um, uh, you've done probably in your lifetime have been part of a number of interviews and, you know, interview questions are always involve you know, all the standard questions. And then there's always that stupid question that gets thrown in an interview. Like what, you know, if you were a flavor of jam or jelly, what would you be? Um, so um, if you were a clutch burger, burger topping, which would you be and why? I have a choice. Uh, is there ABC or I'm coming out? No, this no. It's completely open. Yeah, open, open book. Up to your interpretation. How would no, you? Cl- so, so they have uh, they have clutch sauce, which is uh, unique to them, and uh, and I think that that would be what that would be because uh, you know the, the what's special about them is that they're, they're unique, and uh, and so I would be the clutch sauce. Well, tell me about clutch sauce. I've never been. So, what is clutch sauce? Is it is it like a is it I a ketchup I mayo I, thing or I can't t- I can't tell you anything about it. You got to go. Oh, it's a it's secret. A, oh, okay, it's a secret. Okay. There's not. Yeah, you, you got you got to go. That's okay. That, so other, otherwise, it would ruin the whole experience. Fantastic. Well, I'll find out what clutch sauce is by myself. I will definitely figure that out on my own. So, but why would you define yourself as this famed mystery, great secret that Clutch Burger has made? I think you just explained it. You're because you're just a great you're just a great mystery of greatness. Yeah, well, again, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I think I think what's important is, is you always want to find out what's special about you and different and unique. Okay. And uh, and so you know everybody's got ketchup, everybody's got mustard. You know, you want to you want to be something different, and so they they have their clutch sauce, which uh, which is delicious and uh, and unique to them. Agonorsa has its clutch sauce and Terrence Riley. There you go. Perfect. Oh, right yeah. Gotta help him. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I uh, really do appreciate our guest time this evening. And uh, thank you all for tuning in, staying up late as always on a Sunday evening. You can check out uh, where uh, you can check out our show on our YouTube channel, Elosa Kumar. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Also, don't forget to hit the like and follow button on Facebook. That's where you're going to find out a calendar of upcoming events. Take note of stake. This was our 199th take. Take 200 coming next week. Fantastic to announce. I'm fantastically excited to announce our guest for our 200th. Our Landmark 200 take will be none other than Carlito Fuente of Arturo Fuente Cigars. Yes, Carlito Fuente will be joining us for our 200th take. I can't imagine a better way to say goodbye to the 100s than with the gentleman here in front of me, Mr. Terrence Riley. But we welcome in the next 100 by kicking off take 200 with Carlito Fuente. It will be a take you don't want to miss so check us out wherever you listen to podcasts uh, whether that be on apple Podcasts, spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts be sure to hit the download subscribe and review button if you already are a subscriber do me a favor hit unsubscribe but then hit resubscribe it helps my numbers so i can continue to get great guests like my guest tonight mr terrence riley so for everyone out there i'm barry duplissy live from the alec bradley lone star studio of azel texas it was my pleasure he's terrence riley we'll see you next time Yeah, guys.